Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. I'm glad everybody came out in this wonderful rain that God has blessed us with. Um, we're going to continue our study of the book of Joshua this morning. And I'm going to give us a, a tiny recap of where we've been. We started off with the crossing of the River Jordan into the promised land that God had promised His people. They took over the city of Jericho, the great city that had the great walls. They took it over through the blessing of God. We saw how God reacted to the sin of Achan. We saw them take the rest of the promised land. Last week, Brother Dusty talked about how they divided the land up. And today we're going to talk about some cities that God has had them establish within the promised land. And where we're going to start is in Joshua chapter 20. And I'm going to read Joshua chapter 20. Because it's only about seven verses, and we're just going to read it real quick. So if you would, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Joshua 20, and we're going to read that real quick. <clears throat> then the Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and they shall be your refuge and the avenger of blood. From the avenger of blood. And when he flees one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city as one of them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. Then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unintentionally but did not hate him beforehand. And he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation for judgment. And until the death of one uh, one who is high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return and come into his own city and his own house. And the city from which he fled. So they appointed Kedish in Galilee in the mountains of Nepalita. Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim. And Kirjay Africa which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah, and on the other side of Jordan by Jericho, eastward, as they signed Bezer in the wilderness on the plain, and the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth, and Gilead, and the tribe of Gab and Golan in Bashan, from the tribe of Manasseh. Uh, these were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them, that whoever killed a person accidentally might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood, Until he stood before the congregation. So God comes to Joshua and tells us, It's time to set up these cities that I told Moses about. These are going to be cities of refuge. And basically what it was, was if you committed what we might call manslaughter today. You kill somebody, but you didn't intend to do it. It was an accident. You had no malice. You could go to one of these cities and the avenger of blood couldn't uh, kill you while you're in one of these cities. But you had to wait there until the congregation had rendered a judgment and until one of the the high priests had died. Those were the rules. If you went outside the city before that, the avenger of blood could do whatever he wanted. There were rules that God governed these cities by. I know I probably butchered a lot of those cities' names in that reading, but they were set up all throughout the And as you can see, there's somebody chasing somebody into a city here. 
God wanted His people, if they accidentally killed somebody, to be able to receive a fair trial, basically, is what we would say today. He would come and plead His case, and then the congregation would make a decision. He'd first tell the elders what was going on. They'd let Him into the city. They'd give Him a place to stay until such a time that could happen. When we think of refugees, we think of somebody that's running from something. You know, you see refugee camps all the time in countries that aren't very good to their people. That do horrible things to their people. They try to run from that government. They flee from the government. And they become what we know as refugees. Refugees are running from something that's bad. Something that they don't want to take part in. And in this case, they're running to save their lives. Because if the Avenger of Blood catches up to them before they can get to one of these cities, he can legally kill them. So these cities were very important. And if you look, here's the map of the Promised Land. And uh, if you notice... Where all the arrows are, this is where all the cities were. They were spread out all throughout the promised land. They weren't just located in one central location. And there was a reason for that. They wanted them to be easily access. From what I've studied, if you were anywhere in the promised land, you were never more than 32 miles away from a city of refuge. So they wanted them to be kind of close, that way you could get to them if you needed to. They kept the roads clear. They kept the roads in good condition. They kept the roads clearly labeled to get there. They wanted people to be able to get there if they needed to. They didn't want to have them hidden somewhere. And the final thing was the gates of the city were always open. They never shut the gates to anyone. Not only to a Israelite, but to anybody that was visiting as well. If you were visiting in their country and you accidentally killed somebody... You could flee to one of these cities of refuge. Well, that's all good and great and all that, but what does that really mean to us today? Why do we need to know about these cities of refuge? Why do we need to learn about these cities of refuge? And I stand here today to tell you we're all running from something, and it's all the same thing. We are all running from the judgment of God. We do not want God to judge us on our merits. That is not something we want. So what it means to us today is that Jesus is our refuge. He is the one that we run to. He is the one that will save us from the slayer of blood, avenger of blood, which is God. You know, early in this book, we we read about Achan and talked about Achan. We found out how God deals with sin. We don't want God dealing with our sin that way. So we have a refuge, which is Christ. He is our city of refuge. As long as we stay within His walls, we are safe from the judgment of God. We are safe from the wrath of God. I I don't believe the Bible made it any clearer than to say it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You don't want to be there by yourself. You need a refuge. Well, we already talked about what we're running from, the judgment of God. Well, why are we running from the judgment of God? What does God have against us? 
Why would God want to deal with us harshly? You know, about the most harsh punishment is death. And that's what God says He will do to those who do not obey Him. But why? What did we do? What did we do to deserve that? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And for the wages of sin is death. There is no perfect person. As good as you try to be, you will sin in this life. There is no way around it. You could try your absolute best and you'll still make a mistake. You know, where I work, I'm a trainer for people that drive buses. And we do what we call our evals, which means a trainer will ride with somebody while they're on their route. And as good as they're trying to be, I can still find something wrong. It's just the way it is. I have never given a perfect eval. It's just the way it is. Well, why is that? Because nobody's perfect. They could be this close, but they didn't quite get it. There was only one man that was perfect, and that is the man we run to in Jesus. Nobody else is. He can find something wrong with everybody. As hard as you may try, as hard as you know he's watching, you're going to slip up. But luckily, for the wages of sin is death is not the end of that verse. Many of you know that. We run to Jesus because for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, he didn't just end it there. He said there's a way you can get this gift. And that's through Jesus. And you won't die. You won't have my wrath come down on you. But you will have eternal life. If you go through Jesus Christ. That's the only person that could save you from this. Muhammad can't do that. Buddha can't do that. But Jesus can He is the only one that can save you from this wrath. You know, there was nobody that could save the people that had accidentally killed somebody except for in those cities. That was the only hope they had. Because if you killed somebody and they were related to somebody and they got mad, they could kill you if they wanted to. Unless you were in the city. That's the only place they had to go. Just like Jesus is the only place you have to go to get rid of your sins. And to avoid the wrath of God. Which we know is not a fun thing to endure. Just from reading his book. That's how Jesus paid for our sins. He died on a wooden cross. Not being guilty of anything. Being guilty of nothing. You know, the people that were running to the cities of refuge, they were guilty of taking a life whether they meant to or not. They at least had taken a life. It may not have been on purpose. It may not have been through malice. But they had done something. 
that's just like us. We may not have killed anybody. We may not have stolen from anybody. But we have done something that is against God's will. Just the way it is. But this man did none of that. But yet he paid the price for it. In Romans 6 and 3, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? And then Galatians 3 and 27, For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That's how we become into Christ, is through baptism. We are baptized into His death and we put on Christ. And just like in His resurrection, we are raised to walk in the newness of life. That's how we get into that city. That's how we avoid that wrath. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of the journey. You know, you never know how long it would take for you to be able to leave the city of refuge. You never, when you were back in those days, it just depended on when the congregation, when the high priest died. It was just a matter, you were just there until one of those, until those things happened. You know what? We want to be there until Jesus comes back again. We don't want to leave. We don't want to step outside the gates. Because we will face judgment. Regardless of if you're in the body of Christ or not. Because it is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. You will be judged. Just as the person that fled to the city of refuge, was judged. You will be judged. Now the question is, would you rather be judged as in the body of Christ or on your own? Because, like we said, we've talked about even in the book of Joshua here, how God deals with sin. And we don't want to be on the end of that, I don't think. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm up here and I don't know you very well. Maybe you might want to be on the end of that. I don't know. But I can't think of a reasonable person that would want to do that. In um, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14... Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to be tempted. But he made it through. And as you read, he's our high priest. You know the funny difference about this is you weren't allowed to leave the city of refuge in the promised land until the high priest died. This high priest died so you could enter the city of refuge. That's a big difference. You know, you had to wait in there until the high priest died. And then you could go home. Here, the high priest died so you could be in the city of refuge and have a home eternal. The high priest didn't kill himself so people could go home. (laughs) That's not something that would happen very often, I would imagine. But our high priest died so that we could have a home forever.
Do not die as a fool. Well, what does that mean? Well, these cities were set up in the time of Joshua. And there's a story that we can read about in 2 Samuel that talks about Abner. And Abner was running from somebody and he had a spear in his hand. And as the man came clearer, he accidentally hit him with that spear and killed him. Well, he decided he was going to flee to a city of refuge. And he did that. He did some things for King David before he did that, but then he headed out. The problem was, this man had a brother that name was Joab. And Joab was a pretty bad dude. <laughs> Joab was the kind of dude you didn't want to cross. And Joab was mad at King David because, number one, he let Abner go. <laughs> he told Abner, okay, you go ahead and go. <laughs> So Joab went after Abner and sent messengers. And Abner had made it to Hebron, which, as you know, was a city of refuge. Well, he stopped at the gate to talk with the messengers. And Joab, and well, he was outside the gate, so Joab slew him. Joab killed him. And at the end of the story, David says, Abner died as a fool. Well, how did he die as a fool? He was right there. All he had to do was go in the gates. And he could have been saved. He was right there. He was within an eyelash of being safe. And he decided not to. Don't die as a fool. Don't die outside the gates. You know, sometimes I think the problem is we play yo-yo with religion. I'm in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. And I just hope I die when I'm in. Don't do that. Don't play yo-yo with God. Oh, I'm in. Oh, I'm out. No, no, I'm back in. Don't do that. Because not even Jesus knows the time when he's coming back. Only the Father. He could decide to do it right when you go out again. You don't know. Well, how do we make sure that we stay safe in this city of refuge? If you look in Romans 12, in verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You sacrifice what you do for what God wants you to do. You give him your body, you give him your mind, you give him your soul, you give him your heart, you give him your talents, you give him everything. And then you obey him rather than doing what you want to do. And that's how you stay safe inside that city. Yeah, being baptized into it gets it started, but there's a whole walk after that. Are we going to be perfect? No. No, we're not. There's going to be times you're going to fall. There's going to be times where you... Come up short. But don't ever leave the city entirely. One of the oddest things I have ever seen is people say, well, I have a problem that, I have a problem with this sin, I'll go take care of that and then I'll come to church. Then I'll come to God. Who do you think takes care of sin? 
You think the therapist that you go see maybe will take care of it? You think maybe an advisor you have, maybe somebody that's been through the same problem can tell you? Why wouldn't you come to the Son of God that died to wash it away? I'll try anything, but I won't try that. I'm up for anything, but I don't want to do what God says. You hear that way too often. I'll do anything, but I won't do that. I don't have a choice. There's no choice. You always have a choice. You may not, you may not like the choice. But don't leave the city. If you haven't been baptized in the body of Christ, you're not even in the city yet. You need to take care of that as soon as possible. Because we know not the hour when the Son of God's going to come. We don't know. People have been predicting it for as long as, as long as time's been going, but not one of them's been right. Although, recalculate and say, oh, my numbers were wrong because of this, and now it's this date. But they don't know. You don't need to waste any time. Because the time you have is precious. It's all you got. You don't know the hour of your death. You just know it's going to happen. You know, we announced that Amber's uncle died. He wasn't planning on dying Friday. He wasn't planning on doing that. But it happened. And when you breathe your last breath, there is no turning back. As much as you want, as much as you'd fight to get back, there is no turning back. Your time is up. What did you do with your time? Were you in the city or were you just hanging around the gates? How did you handle your time? If you have not been baptized in the body of Christ, or maybe you have and you went outside the city of refuge that he provides, I plead with you today, do not die as a fool dieth. If we can help you, won't you come as we stand and sing?